Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Steelers versus Ravens weekend is upon us. Can they pull off the rematch win? Maybe. We'll talk about that matchup. But we also got to talk about something that came from one of our partners, Ray Fittipato, saying that there might be, is the, there could be considerations for the change of offensive coordinator with Matt Canada in the offseason. A lot of Steelers fans have been wanting that. But is that actually going to happen? We talk about it. I'm Chris Carter with Brian Batko of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. This is the North Shore Drive podcast. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. And welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Brian Batko. And you're here talking Steelers-Ravens again. We were just here a few weeks ago, but we're here again because it's time for another matchup. And the Steelers' playoff hopes are on the line in this matchup. Sunday night football. It's going to be big. Brian will be on hand at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore, Maryland. As always, you can find you, always the show is sponsored by... Accuracy fan advantage, the power to reject one of our posts because that Steelers beat writers into your home or office. By using augmented reality, you can get an exclusive pregame breakdown from a Steelers expert standing right in your living room. Get the latest insights on starting lineups, key matchups, and critical stats in at post-gazette.com. Slash Accuracy fan advantage, no apps or downloads, just insider access to Steelers updates at post-gazette.com. Slash Accuracy fan advantage and get a real edge on this week's action. Remember, you can find this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and especially YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to our channel, take all of our daily episodes, content, and Monday, Wednesday, Friday for North Shore Drive podcast. Brian, it's Friday. People are getting ready for New Year's Eve. You're getting ready to head to Baltimore. But I think it's been a very interesting week for Steelers fans that playoff hopes have still been alive, and there's still been some fun things to talk about. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers have essentially been playing playoff games since they started two and six. So uh, here we are, much like last season, they're going to Baltimore, needing a win against their biggest rival and needing some help. You know, last year that was week 17, not, or excuse me, last year that was week 18, not week 17, but it's a very similar situation because, um, you know, they, they needed the uh, Jaguars to beat the Colts, which seemed outlandish at the time. And yet, that's exactly what happened. Uh, ben Roethlisberger came through in the clutch for the Steelers, and the Chargers and Raiders, despite some of their best efforts, did not tie, and the Steelers were able to sneak in. So uh, it does feel a little bit like deja vu, but again, uh, it's a week earlier this time. The Steelers have more work to be done, and they need even more help from some of those uh, same teams around the league. 
Just to be clear, the Steelers need the Dolphins to lose out to the Patriots this week and the Jets the next week. But in turn, they also need the Jets and the Patriots to lose their other games these last two weeks. Of course, the Jets this week to see to the Seattle Seahawks, Geno Smith's revenge game. We'll see how that plays out. And then the Patriots to a more foreseeable game in against the Bills, who will be comp- competing for a one seed at that point. So you can see those things. But on top of all that stuff, the Steelers have to win out against the Ravens and the Browns in these final weeks. We'll get to that matchup in a bit here. But Brian, I got to address something that involves one of our colleagues and our partners and friend, Ray Fittipaldo from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, went on 93.7 The Fan and was quoted by Andrew Filipponi, host, host there, uh, well-known host there on, on The Fan. And the quote that was extracted said, I fully expect a change to be made at the end of the season, this being Ray, and saying that the players know and the people inside the building know. And that kind of, you know, sent things into a wildfire a bit. People were talking about, whoa, it's just, it's, it's automatically happening. Why not just do it now? You know, what this, why are the Steelers waiting? Then they know this has got to be a trigger. This has got to be pulled. All those types of questions. But you and I work with Ray. I, we, he's here every Monday on, on the North Shore Drive podcast. We see him all the time at the Steelers facility. You work with him. You, t- you team up with him all the time to write stuff. What was your interpretation, or what is your interpretation of how Ray foresees this and how you foresee this as you're both partners who are in the building every day? Yeah, I mean, with Matt Canada, I think there's this natural inclination that people want to jump the gun on his future. A lot of people have wanted him fired since the bye week. A lot of people have wanted him fired since the end of last season. We know that neither one of those situations played out. But as far as after this year, I mean, I... I agree with Ray. I, I don't think he is going to be back for a third year. Now, that's unusual for the Steelers um, because, you know, even Randy Feetner got three years, but they've been unusually bad in, in Matt Canada's tenure so far on offense. And I, you know, I think that in terms of people inside the building, I, I don't think that means that people inside the building know that a move like that is coming. I think a lot of guys are just locked in trying to think about how they're going to win these last two games and, and maybe get some help. And, uh, manage to, to get another playoff bid for the third year in a row. I think people inside the building know that he's embattled. I think they know that yeah. he's taking a lot of heat. He's taking a lot of criticism. And let's be honest, people inside the building know the offense isn't good enough. I mean, when you're 29th in the league in points per game, when you're uh, last in passing touchdowns, when you've uh, really struggled to k- get to that 20-point mark in most of your games, I mean, that's that's just not good for anybody all those people know that this is a business, and at the end of the day, um, the, the bottom line is somebody is, you know, their job security is only as good as the product that you're putting out. No, I agree, and, and you got to look at the numbers, and they're, they're tough to deny. Right now, the Steelers' offense, 29th in points scored, 23rd in, um, in, in, in yards right now. Passing, they're 24th in yards, tw- dead last in passing touchdowns. Um, they have they have the I think the fourth most interceptions thrown in the NFL right actually the third most excuse me uh, when you look when you look at the rankings rushing wise they're better there they're 18th in yards 12th in touchdowns um, so like they've at least improved there where they used to be one of the worst rushing teams in in, in football but still you you look at that and you're like that's not what you want from this team it's, and you want them to be under a good direction for Kenny Pickett and, and like I've been one that. I, I mean, Brian, you and I have talked about it. I'm not one to tear down Matt Canada for every single thing that goes wrong in the Steelers' offense, and I, I don't think everything is for him to blame. But 
I think the Steelers have now seen two years of uh, of the offense kind of being where he's trying to point it. And it could be better with the execution on the field. Like if the Steelers got better players, it could be better. But I, I kind of feel both what you and Ray are saying. Like, look, you know, full year was passed. You didn't want to just upend, you know, your offensive coordinator and your offensive system with Kenny Pickett in the middle of his rookie season. But if I'm the Steelers and now – I, you know, before an offense, a, a top end offensive coordinator might not want to pick the Steelers job. Why? Because Ben Roethlisberger was there and they knew Ben Roethlisberger would be gone soon. And then they don't, you don't know what an organization is going to do at quarterback. Could they go get Aaron Rodgers? Could they stick you with Mason Rudolph? Could you draft a rookie quarterback? You don't know. But now, if I'm any offensive coordinator candidate out there looking for a job, you know, Frank Reich might be a guy on the top. Nathaniel Hackett might be a guy on the job. But now I know. There's Kenny Pickett. He's fighting to get wins. There's George Pickens. There's Pat Frymuth. There's Najee Harris. They, they're probably going to they're going to probably get some more investments in this offensive line. There's something to work with, and I think the Steelers might have a better pitch to win when all you know between the teams that would be looking for a new offensive coordinator in that in that race. Yeah, I mean philosophically, I generally lean towards stability and, and continuity, and obviously the Steelers do when you look at how they've operated as an organization for the last. 50 years, but I just think this is a case where, you know, with Matt Canada, it's, it would be pretty easy to explain like, you know, yeah, it just didn't, it, it never all clicked. Didn't work. Uh, we tried it. Yeah, we tried, we tried it. It didn't work out. We feel like we have some young pieces. We'll bring in somebody else who maybe can make it all click together. We thank Matt for providing the foundation for some of these young players, whatever you want to say. And, and if it does happen, um, I'm not reporting that it's going to happen. If yeah. it does happen, I think Mike Tomlin would, you know, he probably wouldn't say all that much about it. That's not really his way. But, no. um, you know, I think like even Randy Feetner, there was never really much of a closing uh, closing statement on on that experience. But uh, in this case, I mean, yeah, and, and even the, the strides that the offense has made, I don't know about you, Chris. I don't really credit Canada with some of those improvements. I think it's more of a lot of the stuff we've been talking about all season. Uh, Najee Harris running harder, making that run game uh, come together. Kenny Pickett showing a, a lot of the uh, areas of growth that I wanted to see from him early on in terms of the pocket presence and even now some of the big-time throws uh, that he's putting out there. I mean, I think those are more physical, individual player type of deals than uh, anything that's being schemed up uh, by the coaching staff. So, um, yeah, I mean, we I think people know if they're loyal listeners, we've never been uh, – a big Matt Canada bashing podcast, but uh, I don't think he's back in 2023. Obviously Ray doesn't either. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, nothing shocks me in this business. There's still uh, at least two games left. Who knows? We talked about the winding narrow playoff path, but uh, yeah, I mean, even lately, the fact that they are uh, winning some games, they're still not scoring many points and that's just a big picture issue for this offense and it's been there all season and for much of last year as well and hey i think next year you'd have a clean slate with you know saying all right kenny pickett you, you had your time to adjust to your rookie season let's get in a new system here let's work on some new things uh and i think another thing that's, that's the offensive lines play better you know they've 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 gradually improved and without a major investment into them and i foresee in this offseason there'll be some major investments to improve that group uh you know maybe a first round draft pick another draft pick in the in the you know in the earlier rounds and maybe another free agency ad there but uh, either way 
there have I agree the the, the improvement strides that have been made in the offense this off or this season during the year that that have helped them get better have been more about execution and less about you know changed game plans. Granted, I, I think again the game plan wasn't necessarily always the problem, but the game plan I think is it good enough right now to justify, hey, let's stick with this plan when we can get something else over here and get it get it going for a very young offense that does need to come together. So we'll see how that plays out. But I think we're all on the same page. Like, Matt Canada, finish the season, fine, whatever. But this, this offseason, you can move on from him, and then you can set the table for a very interesting and maybe improbably competitive offensive coordinator search where you can get a lot of big names and faces who have a lot of experience in the NFL coming into your office, interviewing them and seeing who's the best fit for the guy that you hope is their next franchise quarterback. All that being said, we got to toss it to a break. When we come back, we got to ask an important question. Who's this team's MVP this year? Because it's not as easy of an answer as some people might think. We'll talk about that in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, Got to talk to you guys about Valley Pool and Spa. Wouldn't it be nice if the holidays were stress-free? A hot tub, swim spa, or sauna from Valley Pool and Spa will help you feel like it is. Relax and soak in a hot tub or swim spa from Valley Pool and Spa before the snow flies. Even though some snow has flown already, we, we encourage you, you still want to get some before the big snow comes in January and February. You can refresh and rejuvenate in a Finlayo sauna that is sure to melt your stress away faster than the frosty in Aruba. Save big now on all in-stock hot tubs, swim spots, and saunas by visiting valleypoolspa.com. That's valleypoolspa.com. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Brian Batko, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We're breaking things down here. Brian, you asked a very interesting question before we fired up this podcast, and I think it's one that's not as easy as some might think this year because it has been easy in past years. But who is this Pittsburgh Steelers MVP of this season? Yeah, it's a tough call. I mean, last season, like you said, they had the defensive player of the year on their team, and that was a no-brainer. The year before that, T.J. Watt was had a great case for Defensive Player of the Year and didn't win it. And for a lot of the seasons before those ones, uh, you had Antonio Brown, who was probably the best player at his position. Um, it was it, it's been probably since 2018 when Juju Smith Schuster won it that it's really kind of up in the air. And even a lot of people were surprised that he won it over Antonio Brown that season. So um, yeah, so T.J. Watt's won it three years in a row. He made the Pro Bowl, but I, I can't imagine he takes it again this year, considering he just missed so much time yeah. with injury. And it's not as if you know nobody else has been productive. They have other guys having good seasons. I think you you kind of have to look at three main ones. Spoiler alert: I'm not going to mention anybody on offense. <laughs> that would be a whole other offshoot of a conversation. Who would be their offensive MVP? I mean, that is uh, that you got to be digging to to come up with That's a name. Some for work. That. Yeah, That's some work. Yeah, I would guess, uh, you know, maybe back up Mitch Trubisky, but even he threw three interceptions against the Ravens. So I think you, you've got to look at Minka Fitzpatrick, Alex Highsmith, and Cam Hayward. I think it's probably got to be one of those three. And for me, you know, uh, weird stat, small sample size, but Steelers are actually 2-0 and without Minka Fitzpatrick this year. Um, mm. Alex Highsmith has, you know, been their, their sack leader in lieu of T.J. Watt, but... 
I just think the guy who's making a late push for this honor, I don't know when the team exactly votes on it. I think we'll probably hear about the, the results next week. But Cam Hayward, I feel like he's just kept this this squad afloat. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's not always the biggest numbers, but it never is for a guy at his position. For what he did against the Raiders, you know, I, you know, I do my instant analysis for the Post-Gazette website after every game. And I feel like more often than not, I have him at least in consideration for player of the game. Uh, it's it's pretty wild what he's still doing at age 33. And even, you know, he said it on Thursday, felt like he wasn't always playing that well early in the season. That He got his butt kicked in some games, and he really kind of vowed to make up for that later on. And I, I would say he's done that and more. No, I agree. Cam Hayward, I mean, he carried the, the Franco Harris flag onto the field, and he's been carrying the Steelers flag late in this season to push for that. I mean, Brian, you were there after the first Ravens game when they got pushed around, and, you know, he, he said, like, you know, we didn't get outsmarted. We didn't get out-schemed. We lost up front. We lost, we lost at physicality. Yeah. And since then, he's kind of been the guy saying we have to be the more physical team. You know, after the Raiders game, he said we had to make them one-dimensional. We had to take away the guy who led the NFL in rushing yards. And, um, you know, I, I look at that, and I, I think, like, man, like, that's leadership right there. And that's leadership at the crucial part of the season when you need it. Now, will that carry forward the last two games? We'll see. But certainly, he has stepped up, and he's a guy who, you know, he's had his ups and downs this season like anyone else, but – He's had more ups, and he's been a, he's been consistently there for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If if I were to pick between the three that you mentioned, would you have another candidate or no? Would I have another candidate? No, I just I feel like MVPs need to be star level players. Yeah, I mean it's not just a lifetime achievement or warm and fuzzy award; it's a production right. award. So, um, right. But everything you just said, I mean, Cam Hayward has produced as well. Right. The one thing I'd say about if you weren't to pick Cam Hayward. Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specright para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Mika Fitzpatrick. I mean, five interceptions, 10 passes defensed, a pick six, a blocked extra point. Um, and the pick six and blocked extra point literally got them the win in their biggest upset of the season so far. Um, he also has the third most tackles on the team as a free safety. Um, I, I, I put it there that's because. missing two I, he, games, too. Yeah. What'd you say? And that's with and missing that's, two games. Right. And and you're right. They've won two games without him. They found ways to win without him at times. But, you know, you look at some of the game. I mean, the Falcons game, the the interception that he had to end that game, the this the Raiders game, the interception he had flipping the, you know, the field position when it looked like the Raiders are about to put the Steelers away uh, this past week. He has found so many ways to come up with those moments. And and it's obvious now teams are trying to avoid him like they're trying to find ways to not throw the, the football in his direction, and he's still finding ways to make an impact on the game. Um, I, I wouldn't be mad if someone picks against the Jets, game. too. He returned he it to what, inside the 10? Yeah, yeah. And almost, if it wasn't for like half of his foot, he might have scored on that one and yeah. might have won that football game. Um, you know, but 
you know, Minka Fitzpatrick, he, he's been, I think he's been their biggest asset to keep them alive in some games. Um, and, and that's what, like, again, like, I wouldn't be mad if someone picked Cam Hayward. Um, I wouldn't be mad if someone picked Alex Highsmith because Same I think here, he's, yeah. had, he's had a, not 12 sacks. Like, you know, you, you'd kill for that if you're if, if from a guy that's, you know, a third round draft pick guy who's on his third year in his NF, in the NFL. You'd be all, people would be jumping up and down for that. So, um, but I, I think, I just think Mika Fitzpatrick has continued to come up in the big moments. You know, there's, Cam Hayward is a Mr. Steeler. He carries the flag of the Steelers wherever he goes. Uh, you know, not just the Franco Harris flag carried onto the field. He is a representative of what it means to be a Pittsburgh Steeler on and off the field. Minka Fitzpatrick is a guy who I think anyone, when they talk to him, he sounds like he can say the right things when he's talking about what the Steelers got to do. He's a leader. People respect him. Um, and, and I think that you combine that with the stellar play that he's brought. I, I think I'd have to give him my MVP this year. Granted, still two more games to play. Cam Hayward has never won it in his uh, Crazy. What, 11 years. Um, but, hey, Ben Roethlisberger only won it once way back in 2009. So, I mean, it's it's tough to win even when you're a great player like that. But, you know, it's a, it's a franchise that's had a lot of great players on the team at any given time. So, um, yeah, I mean, Cam's getting all sorts of other accolades. I mean, who knows? He might win the Walter Payton. Man of the Year award this season. Um, you know, he was just AFC Defensive Player of the Week. So it, it'll be interesting to see uh, who takes home that hardware from the you know from their own teammates. Uh, I think all three of those would be would be pretty deserving. Uh, obviously, you know, Mink has never won it either. But again, the last three seasons, TJ Watt has been a uh, a slam dunk option yeah. for Team MVP. Who? I mean, would you pick anybody else other than George Pickens for Rookie of the Year? I don't. No, I don't think I, think I would. I mean, he's been contributing from week one. I, I'd. I'd pick George. My only thought was, does has Kenny Pickett earned it over him at this point? And I. I, I guess I wouldn't say not yet. No. Um, now here's the thing: if Kenny comes out and has some has two really good weeks here, you might change my mind um, because his growth has been the biggest important part of this team this year. But for me, yeah, George Pickens. He's, he's he's even when Kenny Pickett hasn't played, he's found right. a way to to make big plays, and I give him credit for that. Um, do it doing that this year, but I, I I will say this: I think that Pickett has uh, he he's he's become important on this team, not just because he is the quarterback, but because he's managed certain situations very well. Um, and kept the team alive, and as Mike Tom will say, not lost them the game. And I think that was the biggest thing that you wanted out of your rookie. And heck, last week he won it for him. Yeah, and hey, if they had a breakout player of the year award, I'd give that one to Alex Highsmith, hands down. But absolutely, uh, so you're going with Minka. I'm going with uh, Big Cam. I picked Minka in our preseason predictions for the Post Gazette. So either way, I'm right. That's a savvy. <laughs> that's a savvy move. Savvy moves. Heady play there by Brian Badko. But we got to break down Steelers-Ravens a bit more here. We'll get to more specifics and our predictions on who will win right here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Brian Badko of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. But first, we got to talk to you guys about Yinzers in the Berg. Yinzers fans, listen up. The Steelers season may be ending, but they're trying to make that playoff push, and you may want some gear or might want to root for the Penguins, Pirates, Pitt, Whoever you want to root for, Pittsburgh, Yins is in the Berg is the number one place to go for all your Pittsburgh sports apparel, accessories, and much, much more. And you can do that by visiting in person to, to, to their two stores in the Strip District where you can get all the different merchandise that they have. Or if you can't get to the Strip District, 
come out come out and check their website yinzerspgh.com just by sitting at your home checking yinzerspgh.com their merchandise is updated weekly you can see new pittsburgh sports gear there all the time if you're doing some late shopping for christmas didn't get some certain gifts but for for certain family members or distant distant friends that you haven't been able to get to for a bit this is your chance to get them for your favorite pittsburgh sports fan by going to yinzerspgh.com that's yinzerspgh.com for all your pittsburgh sports apparel Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Brian Batko. Brian, let's talk about this matchup specifically. The Steelers take on the Ravens in a rematch. The last time these two teams faced, the Ravens ran for 215 yards. They scored 16 points. The Steelers scored 14 and threw three interceptions in the process. But since then, the Steelers' run defense has been able to put up some very impressive performances. And in fact, Two, two of their best impressive performances of, of the year. They limited the Carolina Panthers to just 21 rushing yards, and they limited the, the Las Vegas Raiders, who had the number one rusher in the NFL, to just 58 rushing yards. Those, those are the second, the, the, the best and the, th- and the third best rushing defensive performances they've had this season. But the big question is, was that just because they were playing the Panthers and the Raiders, and will that make no difference when they play the Ravens a second time? Yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned it earlier on, I guess in the last segment that Cam Hayward and also Alex Highsmith too, I'll throw him in here. I mean, they both kind of took the mantle of we got pushed around, we got out physical in that first Ravens game. It, you know, we, we got to take it on us as players. And, you know, they, they came out and did exactly that the next week against the Panthers. Um, you know, that Raiders game, the way it played out, the, the script of the game, there, there was not going to be a whole lot of action, I don't think, from either offense. It was so so darn cold that night. But if anything, the run game would have would have worked, and uh, the Steelers didn't let that alone beat them. Um, you could also wonder if Josh McDaniels lost his mind a little bit with some of that. But this isn't a Raiders podcast. This is a Steelers show. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be kind of the ultimate test for them now. Not only that, but you know, then you got the Browns in, in Week 18. The Browns are still running the ball really well, despite all of their other issues. So, um, you know, the Ravens, you know what they want to do. Uh, the Steelers are, are likely going to formulate some different plans, but the Ravens aren't going to change. So um, they're, I think they're calling it a medieval offense down there. They didn't run any 11 personnel, I believe, last week. So packing it in tight, coming down downhill at you with Tyler Huntley in there again at quarterback. And yeah, kind of just going to be a, a battle of of wills, you know, who who wants it more? Uh, and I think at this point, even though the Steelers uh, need a lot of help, I think they kind of have more to play for right now. The Ravens are already in the playoffs. Obviously, they'd like to take back the AFC North division crown, but they would also, you know, they, they would also be fine if they just get in. They're not going to get a bye. So, uh, yeah, I do kind of think that the Steelers can can maybe come out there and, and be the hungrier team at M&T Bank Stadium and, and kind of let, um, you know, the, the individual um, overpower the, the schemes and the X's and O's of this. I think it could, it could be part of that. And it, I think that when you look at the Steelers and how they're built right now, they're built to win a very specific way. It's not, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not like they're going to beat you by – 
airing it out. Like, you know, when they were in the prime, like the killer B era, they could run the ball down your throat with Le'Veon Bell, or they could throw it to Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant. And, you know, or the defense could make some big splash plays and get you. Like, there were so many different ways to beat you. This team has a very specific way of winning. Stuff the run, get after the quarterback, force turnovers, run the football, manage the game at quarterback, don't turn the ball over. You get you get to win a football game. The thing is, is that can they match up with a team that allows them to play at that pace? Or, where, you know, instead of allowing, they're able to establish the terms of engagement with that team to make sure that it play, it's played at that pace. And the way the Ravens are built right now, just with Lamar Jackson still out, like last game, the Steelers were a couple of plays or were a single play in many different instances from winning that game. And I think if the Steelers can come out and be more physical, win more matchups up front and make it so it's not that easy for the Ravens to run the football, if the Ravens don't get that 44 yard run that Josh Dobbins had, you know, the Steelers are able to win that game. If they, if the Steelers don't allow, you know, a blocked field goal, do they win that game? I think that this is a game where the Steelers have to assert themselves up front and they have to do the thing that they didn't do against the Ravens and didn't do against the Raiders, but they had turned out to working out and get that lead early on. They have to come out, hit on something, get the, get a lead and force the Ravens to be the team that plays from behind and don't allow them to sneak back in without earning it with a deep passing play that, you know, puts a backup quarterback and a beleaguered receiving core up against it against a Steelers secondary that played really well last week against a Raiders, uh, you know, offensive weaponry team, you know, their, their skill players were a lot better than, than the Ravens. So I, I think if the Steelers can manage to do that, they can win this football game. It's just a matter of, will they against a Raiders or Ravens offensive line that Tyler Linderbaum's had a really good year. You got Morgan Moses, Moses, you got uh, Kevin Zeitler, you got uh, Ronnie Stanley. They got a good group up there. And, and on the defensive front, they also got another good group, but uh, the big question is, can the Steelers own those trenches or at least neutralize the advantage that the Ravens had? If they do that in this game, I do like their chances, Brian. And if they don't, can Kenny Pickett sort of elevate the offense? I mean, he didn't really get much of a chance to do that in his yeah. last AFC North matchup, obviously. He's knocked out uh, after eight plays that Roquan Smith sack. So you know he's probably itching to get another shot at the Ravens. Will he be able to read some of those, you know, vaunted Baltimore disguises on defense a little better than Mitch Trubisky did? Will he be able to pick his spots with George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth? Uh, those are all going to be key factors, of course. And uh, Pickett really has been playing well uh, since that off week. Uh, you know, he's, he doesn't have an AFC North win yet. Hasn't really had a chance other than that Bengals game at home. So uh, very curious to see how he does in a hostile environment. It seems like it's going to be pretty packed house, especially now that it's been flexed to 820. It's going to have that big game Steelers Ravens feel uh, on New Year's Day. So uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to the matchup. I think there's going to be a lot of hard hitting, but the Steelers are are going to have to fix a lot of what ailed them in the first meeting. Do they fix it? Give me your final score, prediction, everything right here. I'm going to say they do. I'm going to go Steelers 20, Ravens 16. Um, just when you thought you were out, they pull you back in. Now, I, should we make should we make predictions for the Dolphins and the Jets too? Or let's do that. Let's okay. let's, let's do every game. The Steelers need this weekend. Give me a second to pull up the full schedule. Um, but yeah, let's let let's do that. So right there, 
we're, I think we're way. You said your prediction. What's your final score, Steelers Ravens? By the way, twenty to sixteen, Pittsburgh. Mm, I said nineteen to to ten. Um, I, I think it's also going to be very low scoring as well. Okay, so we said that there. You're the Steelers. I'm picking Steelers. Yes, okay. I'm picking Steelers. I think that the I think that the Ravens just if Lamar Jackson was playing, I'd feel different this time around. But I think twice we yeah. back up quarterbacks. Yeah, it's tougher. That's yeah, tough I think the Steelers. Player. I think the Steelers will handle Huntley relatively speaking, and I think Kenny Pickett will uh, finish off a couple more drives in the red zone than he has so far. I'm not expecting any big plays, but uh, yeah, I think he'll he'll manage to move the chains enough on third down and convert when they get uh, when they get in close. All right, let's go to the other games the Steelers need. Jets at Seahawks. Now, to be clear again, the Jets have to beat the Dolphins in week 18. But if the Jets beat the Dolphins and they beat the Seahawks this week, the Jets are in over the Steelers because they'd have nine wins and they beat the Steelers earlier this year. But the Seahawks, both teams, 7-8, they're in Seattle. New York's going to the West Coast. This is the Geno Smith revenge game. He's had the revenge tour of a year to, to battle back and kind of play well this season. Are the Seahawks good enough to win this football game? And it, it has been announced Zach Wilson has been benched again for the New York Jets. Mike White's got some swagger to him, but Geno Smith still hasn't written back. So I think he takes down his, his old team with drafted him. I'm saying the Seahawks win that one. All right, Seahawks win that one. Then the, the only other game the Steelers care about, remember the AFC South is out of the picture because both of those teams, whoever wins that, that division is going to be the team that wins the division because they play each other at the end of the season. One of those teams will have nine will have nine losses. So whoever wins the division is out of the picture for the wild card. Whoever loses that, that division isn't in the picture for the wild card. So, they're, uh, so we don't have to worry about that. So the only thing you have to look at now is that Jets game this week and Dolphins Patriots. The Dolphins eight and seven visiting the Patriots. Now, Brian, the Patriots have lost four straight games to the Miami Dolphins, but the Miami Dolphins are on a four-game losing streak. Uh, Tua Tungabailoa is in the concussion protocol. They're in New England. Granted, it's not supposed to be that cold this time. This time because uh, you know the weather's gotten better across the country. But do the Patriots have enough to beat a Teddy Bridgewater-led Dolphins team? Can Mike McDaniel? put a clown suit on Bill Belichick in this coaching matchup. Um, I like Mike McDaniel a lot, but no, I think the Patriots win this one too. And we'll be sitting here a week from now, again, going over how the Steelers are zombies who just cannot ever be killed. That is, if we're sitting here in week 18, have the Steelers in my, in the Mike Tomlin era ever been officially eliminated? Before yeah, the I, yeah, there was there were one or two. Uh, I want to say 2013 was one year that it happened, um, see, but it's rare. It's very see, rare. I, I thought in 2013 it wasn't that they were it, they were. It was very much that they had a very low percentage chance. They needed like eight things to happen, but then seven of the things happened, and then Ryan Suckup either made or missed. A, it was funny in 2012 and 2013. In both of those seasons, suck up either needed to make or miss a field goal, and he did the opposite thing each year that affected the Steelers' chances to make the playoffs. If I remember correctly, I, I think this if the if things were to go awry this week, I think this would be the first year that the Steelers in the Mike Tomlin era would definitely be out of the would be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Not not like you know most likely out of the playoffs or anything like that. I think that's the case. Yeah. I, may be, I may be wrong there. Yeah, you might be right. I know in, in 2003, um, 
you know, before the Mike Tomlin tenure, they had a couple games at the end of the season. Yeah. That, that were meaningless. So um, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it doesn't happen here. They, uh, they never die. And here we are again against all odds. Um, I guess the most painful scenario would be what the Patriots beat the Dolphins and then the Steelers go out and don't take care of their own business uh, against the Ravens. But that, that would be, and again, I, I talked about this earlier in the week, but I think the, the craziest thing is, is because of the Dolphins situation, because the Bills play the Patriots next week, because I do think the Seahawks will beat the Jets this week, I think the biggest hurdle for the Steelers to get to the playoffs is beating the Ravens this week. If you look at the Browns and the quagmire they've become, I actually think if the Steelers can get over the hump this week, they I would make them favorites to make the, the, the playoffs with all the things that need to happen. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It, it really is. But again, we were very much in this situation covering this team last year. So mm-hmm. fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. The Steelers uh, are just, they defy logic when it comes to these things. We'll see if they defy logic again. Brian Batco, Jerry Dulac, Ray Fittipato will all be on hand at M&T Bank Stadium for this game. Sunday night football. It's going to be a big one in on uh New Year's Eve. No, no New Year's New Day. Year's Day. Excuse, me. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm I'm see I'm all messed up with Christmas Eve last week and now and now and they got me mixed up. Plus Pitt plays the Sun Bowl. By the way, Noah Howells is there for that. I've got my Sun Bowl hoodie on right here. Look at you. If they've yeah, you can't get this at Yinzers. You gotta go to El Paso to get this, but <laughs> you gotta go to El Paso. But although the Hun- the Hyundai doesn't sponsor the bull anymore, so sorry, uh Kellogg. <laughs> Tony the Tiger, yeah, yeah. What you sorry, Tony. Right? He's about to say great. I love uh, the but, game, though. But in all seriousness, it's going to be a great weekend for sports. Pitt basketball, I'll be covering that at Pitt UNC at the Pete noon Friday. So check us out there. Also, Pitt football with the Sun Bowl game against UCLA. Can they win with all their backups against a ranked uh, UCLA team? Then, of course, Sunday night football. Brian Batko, Jerry Dulek, Ray Fittipato on hand to cover Steelers-Ravens all right here. And, of course, all the games that matter for the Steelers playoffs. It's going to be a wild time. Get it all from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette to learn what happens and what you need to know leading into those games. Thanks again to Brian for joining me. Thanks to you for listening to me and to him and to us and or watching us on YouTube. Check out the North Shore Drive podcast Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays and all the daily content we produce here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And check us out at post-gazette.com for all the sports coverage that you would need. We'll be back Monday with Ray Fittipaldo breaking down what happened, Steelers, Ravens, and if the, the Steelers' playoff hopes are still alive. We'll see you then. See you next year. <laughs> you, you had to. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description.